Welcome to Screen Mayhem Extra. With me tonight, artist, writer, and senior editor of ScreenMayhem.com, Jana Rumberger. Hello. Hi. How you doing, Jana? I'm very good. This episode, we're talking about Three Identical Strangers, which opened up in Portland this weekend. That's the weekend of the 14th, 15th. Um, of July. Of July of 2018. That's right. Yeah. And we're not talking about, like, we didn't just see three people that looked like we actually went to see the movie. <laughs> we went to uh, Living Room Theaters in Portland. Yes. Which tries to be very casual, but is only a little bit casual. Yeah, so it's like they give you a big seat with big cushy armrests, and you can buy uh, proper... Um, food and drink. Glass pints of beer, mm. cocktails, and food. Yeah, Right. But... In the same respect, today, uh, when we went to see this, I had a, um, a very large, loud woman with a gluten-free burger on her lap. The one to lo- your left? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and she kept stepping on the plate, too. So every once in a while, you'd hear like this, like, <laughs> it's like, what the hell's happening? <laughs> oh, it's that lady. It's all right. Yeah. Well, okay. So <laughs> we went to see uh, Three Identical Strangers, directed by Tim Wardle. Uh, here's the synopsis. In 1980 New York, three young men who were all adopted discover that they are triplets who were separated at birth. They describe their lives and what they've discovered about why they were separated. Darkness rises. <laughs> like the Dark Knight. It's like the Dark, dark Knight, <laughs> except uh, they talk more like this. Oh, it was really weird. And not like this. It was really weird. <laughs> That's exactly. That's the that's the primary difference. Because they've both all got these big Joker like grins, mm-hmm. and who knows? They, do. they spent a lot of time being really like wasted in New York. There there are a lot of parallels. Yeah, not, I mean, I know really. for a fact that Bruce Wayne spent most of his time in Club Fifty Four, <laughs> having sex. Studio Fifty Four. Studio. <laughs> having sex with trans male. Oh, I know he did. Well, he was like, wouldn't you have? Listen up. I don't try to talk about the dark times. I talk about the light times. <laughs> All right, well, overall, what did you think of it? You know, I was... Uh, let's see here. I think there are moments that I felt very emotionally transported by it. I was very engaged with the story. And then there were other moments that I was kind of distracted by all the stuff that they put in there that they never really resolved. Like, it felt a little bit like being inside an atom, where there was a bunch of interesting stuff flying all around, but I didn't really know if it was doing something or if it was just, like, in there to keep things interesting. Yeah, it was very flashy. Um, I, for one, really liked the three brothers and they did all have identical grins they were like trying to play up the oh they're identical way more than they were actually identical they did look like the identical brothers that were all slightly different and that it doesn't it doesn't like negate anything it's just like from a documentary perspective they were like selling it to us as look aren't they all the same and they weren't but they also sold that like it wasn't just them it wasn't just this documentary 
um, they showed footage of these three brothers being on, these three 19 year old 20 year old boys at that point being on television together pretending to be exactly the same like we like the well, same not, shit. I mean I don't think they were pretending to be exactly the same I think they were geeked out by the fact that they were like they looked similar they had similar likes and that they'd never known each other which I mean I have I one of my closest friends is a twin and she's told me some spooky things about knowing things as they're happening about the sense you get because it is a different kind of connection to a person I think being a twin or a triplet um but yeah they well it was I think it was more the like weird 80s like talk show fascination with them and how people just kept being like oh my god it's amazing this is crazy it's like I mean, twins get separated at birth, right? Is it really that crazy that it needs to be national news? I think you asked me that in the theater, and I just said it was pre-cable. It wasn't exactly pre-cable, <laughs> but it's true. It's like we've now seen it so many times. Like right. You can watch Forensic Files, and you can watch The New Detectives, and all these shows on, right. on the, you know, these network shows, and they're all like, they didn't know. They were actually identical brothers. Boom! And they show it. I mean, fucking Jerry right. Springer does it all the time. But right. It's not new. And sure, in 19... I think it was 81. Or it, 80, something like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah, it yeah. made. It was enough that it made the papers. Right. Yeah. And then well, they were triplets. Oh, my God. Yeah. But that's a perfect segue, segue to this. Had you ever heard of the triplets? No. No. And one of the, the footage in this, you yelled Right, out. yes, because they showed, oh, they were in a movie. And I, I'm i 90% certain it was Desperately Seeking student okay. yeah. Susan. It was like 80s Madonna in her like early Madonna gear. It had to have been her. Walking past. by and they were just like, hey, you know, yeah. they, were, they were, and they were the first of the like scads of, or I don't know if scads, but there were a bunch of later discovered like triplets and twins mm. that had been separated but they were the first so they got to like they got to cash in on the fame of being the separated siblings that was an adorable scene they looked so good annoying the pictures were adorable oh, were. like how they kept dressing them alike and i mean and they look enough alike they did look they they're they I mean, they're human, so they look different from different angles, and they looked alike enough that we couldn't tell some of them apart. No, it's Bobby and Eddie, right? I don't know. Yeah. No, Bobby and Eddie are the two that look the most alike. Actually, Bobby in it, he gives Bobby this... looks more, most like both Eddie and yeah. David. It's like they're a value scale. And Bobby says that in the movie. Yes. He says, "If this, it, I don't know if this makes sense to anybody, but I look more like... David and more like Eddie than Eddie looks like David or David looks like yeah yeah yeah. so because he was the perfect in between between the two but no I hadn't heard of it but I but I had heard of like the nature versus nurture debate Mm -hmm. and we talked about how like that was early 80s when it was all over the place Mm -hmm. and then I brought up trading places yeah because that was like the central premise of the movie trading places that we both love and Trading Places proves it's... Mostly nurture. Yeah. It's definitely not nature. But I guess the big flaw in Trading Places is there is no nurture. It's just like, can I shove a ghetto black dude into the same role as this overly privileged honky? 
yes, I can, and he can make just as much money. Right. So they don't actually prove anything. It's true. <laughs> it's true. They, but it, it, but they were just piggybacking on a thing yeah, that no. suddenly everyone was talking about in part. 100%. Because of these but I, people being That's everywhere. what they were going for. I'm with you 100%. Yeah. But also, they didn't do a good job of it. No. no. But they mostly wanted to just make people laugh. They did. Which... It was the Dukes. It was the Dukes. <laughs> and when he pulls yes. the fish out of the Santa costume and he's eating it through his beard. Oh my God, that's the, the worst. Okay. Is it a fish? Yeah, it was like a big like salmon. Right, I was thinking it was a turkey leg, but it wasn't. It was, it was a fish. Oh, Gross. Right, because as a kid, I'm like, why is he eating through the skin of a fish? Because I never had good, you know, like, gross. I mean, you still wouldn't. Whatever. No, it's so gross. Don't judge me, people. Don't judge me. <laughs> okay, yes. well, um, as a reenactment documentary, uh, how closely do you feel the state towards the truth? Like, because we're not actually watching documentary footage, this, just for listeners' sake, uh, this is conversations with people and then reenactments that aren't in your face reenactments like old school 80s reenactments. It's more right. trying to be sincere. But... Well, and they used a lot of photographs, I think, effectively. And I think that every time they did do a reenactment, they. I mean, the longest reenactment was the. The whole like people toasting with champagne in the in the boardroom at the adoption agency. That was a bad one. That scene I thought was not the best, but I think when they were they used the enactment really effectively at the beginning when you know Bobby was setting the stage, and I think they set the stage really well because you knew what was going to happen because they had to kind of tell you what was going to happen to be interested in the movie at all. The title, yeah. So the fact that like. He comes onto the college community college campus, and there's like got the back of a fro walking through, and people say, "I think that was really well done." Good. And I think anytime they had the guys walking somewhere, that was really well done. But the the adoption agency scene, I felt like, was a little excessively long. None of the people that were the parents looked very much like the architect archetypes of the parents, and then the boardroom that was weird. There's a part in the intro that maybe run me the wrong way. Mm. I know that sounds weird. Mm. I either I don't know if I like it yet or not. Mm. But um, what's happening is he's on the phone. Bobby's on the phone for the first time with Eddie. Oh, the, the... and every time Bobby's relating what Eddie said, they're putting like a 1980s like payphone voice onto him. Yes. <laughs> As part of reenactment. Yes. So I, I think it might be brilliant, but I don't know yet. Right. And the rush into the phone booth. Right. And then you never see that guy again. No. But when he is talking, he's so excited. Oh, yeah. my God. So. Yes. Okay. Well, you feel like it was cool. Yeah. I did. I well, feel like generally that part was well done. Yeah. You know, I think most of the Bobby stuff was really well done. Um, like, just stepping back and I, did, I never felt like I was being, um, like, fooled by Bobby. Like, he was... He'd obviously Super rehearsed sincere. the story really yeah. well. Yeah. And so had the... Or told the, it a gazillion times. Right. Of yeah. course he has told it a gazillion times. Right. There's a part where they even do that. They kind of show the three brothers talking about things. They're like, yeah, same taste in women. Smirk, smirk, wink, wink. Yeah. And you can tell they're tired of the story. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you all sit the same and they all cross their legs at the same time. Yeah. yeah. And they all pull the mics to their mouth at the same right. time. Right. Because they're the same cloud. Right. They are brothers. <laughs> right. I knew that was going to come. I knew it. You did. I love it. 
I am, I am, I am the same McLeod. I am my, okay, anyway. Um, so what was your favorite part? Oh, gosh. My favorite part, I think it was the, the, like, clear, intense joy that they all expressed after David found the, found the other two. And they started talking about the beginning of like, oh my gosh, we're brothers, we are here. And this like evident joy that they all had of like finding each other and getting to know each other, the whole like living in the same apartment, sleeping in the same bed, being kind of celebrities. And it not being, cause it, I felt like they were kind of setting it up for like this weird excess thing that was gonna happen. But instead it was just like, these three guys are so excited to see each other. They're so excited that they like now know each other. And they're just like, so into it that, that they're brothers and that they have each other now. And their wives saying like that each one is their favorite and like their husband's their favorite one. Like they're just these like little moments that I thought were just lovely and really nice setting the stage of like what it would really be like as a human to make this kind of discovery. Yeah, that was really brilliant. Um, I loved, they had pictures of them all sleeping in the same beds as these like 20 year old boys. It was just cute. Yes. Like they embraced it. One thing I loved is David's dad. They called him like, I don't know. It's a, it's a Jewish term for loving hugs, but it's something like bubbly Oh yeah, and that it was, was sweet. It was very cute. And this this is this one dad, and he was probably the coolest dad of the three. And he just he loved lovely things. And when these three brothers got together, he became obsessed with it, like in a really positive way. He was like, "This is the greatest thing that ever could have happened." So he became kind of a foursome of the crew. And I just thought yeah. that was really, really yeah. cute. Like, they're all my kids. Yeah, they're, they're all my all, kids. They're all, like, here they yeah. are. Done. And, you know, and there's the part that um, Jana brought up that they go to this uh, this council of the adoption center, and there's some darkness behind all that. But pretty much the gist was they were like, well, we don't think anybody would take all three. And he was the first one that was like, I would have taken all three. I yeah. want all three. Yeah. And, yeah, he was badass. That was a cute part. I loved it. Yeah. Are there any other parts that you loved? Oh, gosh. Um, actually, to be fair, the um, now I won't call it Club 54 anymore. Or Car 54. Where are you? I'll just say Studio 54. It's pretty cool to think of these three brothers finding each other at, like, 19. So this is right when they turn 21. Two years Jesus. after finding each other. And they just have, like, the run of New York. God. Insane. And they're kind of minor celebrities. So people are letting them into the cool spots. Yeah. And can you even imagine? I can't believe they then started a restaurant and made it last for like 20 years. Right. It's hard to start a restaurant in New York. And that they like... And it was so hokey. It's... Yes. The logo kind of hurt me. <laughs> the logo was painful. It was terrible. They could have done a better... Like, it could have been Ronald McDonald and it oh, would have looked God. more like that. They could have had like the brothers on each other's shoulders... And they're pretending to be an elephant. It would have been better than the three shitty faces of the brothers <laughs> of the triplets restaurant. Yeah. Fuck off, kids. <laughs> totally. Find someone to help you. Right. Lord. Okay, well, this is the big question, which I think the whole 
the film asks. Uh, nature or nurture? Mm. I mean, it's one of those stupid human questions, right? Because mm-hmm. cl- it clearly is both. It's clearly both. Because, I mean, there are millions of things that are predetermined by nature. We're more alike than we are un- unalike as humans in general. And then you add the layer of, what? well, we all hate this Donald person Trump. is my parent. We, we, all, we all want Donald Trump. How can we not? To have a heart attack tomorrow. Oh my God. Okay, I'm sorry. That's the worst. Please go ahead. Um, but there's like, you know, these all these layers of what makes us human. Like, what things are inherited. One thing, what, you know, I mean, this was also a period of time where they thought that like, things like schizophrenia were maybe just in our imaginations. Right. And that like... I mean, a lot of major things that are biological. Women didn't have orgasms. No. I mean, they didn't even, they hadn't, they didn't bother to start figuring out what women's anatomy actually looked like inside until the 70s. Like, at the time these kids were born, they, they didn't know things. And so, and we still don't know. And I think the smartest doctors are usually the ones that admit, like, we don't really know this. We know this, this, and this. And we've guessed this because of this. But they don't definitively say, well, that's that. And there are doctors that do that. And there are people that want their doctors to do that because they want that, like, illusion of security. But nature or nurture is kind of a bullshit question, but it's fun to talk about at parties because it could be, it's, it's a combination of millions of factors that at the end of the day we want an answer because it would make us feel more secure to either do whatever the fuck we want or give us the illusion that we have complete control over our futures. Well, I would say the one thing they they definitely hit home here, um, and I'm going to determine whether it's true or not after I've talked about it. Hmm? I mean, I think I feel like it, but... um, So three boys that came from the same mom that left them at an adoption agency because she couldn't deal with it because she got pregnant at prom, whatever. She had triplets, she let them go. That's what they said in the, the They film. did, yes. Yeah, I don't, I don't care. Are, if one of them ha- has schizophrenia, do they all have schizophrenia? They all showed that they all had like, like preteen um, like hospitalization around mental health. Well, and two of them, two of them I think were not committed but had to like be put in yeah. spaces in while they were teens like 16 right yeah so that part yes that's a hundred percent hereditary you don't just right. get schizophrenia you don't catch it it's not no. a disease that you're like no. oh or you did something wrong right yeah you, you don't and also it's not about trauma that's a different disease that's right. a different it's a different sickness. Right. You don't get like beat up and suddenly you have right. schizophrenia or whatever. So yeah, all these boys, they have that problem. Um, right. To they, some degree. And that's, I think, the biggest thing that this talked about, but they didn't talk about it enough. Um, we won't go full spoiler, I guess. We've kind of gone mostly spoiler already. Have we? Yeah. All right, well, <laughs> if you're planning to watch this and you haven't, turn this off. Anyway. Okay. So one of the three brothers, they're all identical and for all intents and purposes, the same people, a little bit different. They had a little bit of a falling out. One of them kills himself in 1991 or two, I think. He kills himself. 
he was the most joyous of the three. Like they talked about one was kind of a mush bag and one is very straightforward. And he was the joyous one that was always making jokes. So he kills himself. Um, And then they have to deal with that. And everyone's dealing with it. And, you know, they do meet their real mom and she's kind of a mess too. I don't know. Um, Nature versus nurture. I know this. That part is not, it's nature. It's built in. They all have to deal with the same mental illness based on however their, you know, DNA is going to set it down for them. But let me say this. If Eddie, who killed himself, would have had David's dad, would he have killed himself? I don't know. Right. Because you don't know how he would have, what tools he would have had for dealing with the inherent aspects of him and Eddie's dad was mean and this movie kind of blames it on his dad being strict but I don't know if that's I don't know if that's fair no being strict doesn't necessarily mean you're shitting on your kid or raising your kid the way that most people raise their kids in the like early 60s it wasn't like this wild fuck fest in the 60s a lot of people had a very like 40s 50s mentality that they raised their kids with and that's yeah I I think it's just it's oversimplifying to try and make it one or the other and one of the most fascinating things is that all of the data that was gathered could answer some of the questions of the nuances of heredity and the nuances of being a twin and what that says about heredity and about um, nature versus nurture and it's buried yeah and we'll talk about that because in the end, they do get the data, but we're going to circle at the end and ask, what does that mean? So I'm going to ask you, what was your least favorite thing? I mean, I think my least favorite was some of, as, as it went further in, it kind of went awry. Like, wait, what is this actually about again? Is it still about the brothers? Is it now about, like, the way that the brothers were separated? Is it about the scandal? Is it about, like, what what... What do you really want this to be about? And I feel like they got so fascinated by the information they found later on or were trying to find later on that they sped up certain moments of the movie that could have been expanded on and added too much stuff at the end. So I felt kind of like someone had thrown me in a box and kicked me around for a little while instead of telling me a cohesive story which it really felt like in the beginning was that they were telling a cohesive story that I could really engage with. And I think also the flippancy of a couple of the individuals that were associated with the people doing the study really rubbed me the wrong way. They were so like, it was just a different time. Oh, ha, 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 these things I observed. There were some things that kind of disgusted me about just the ambivalency of humans. So that's maybe not so much a commentary on the movie as humans and the way that that, this documentary painted that picture of humans. Hmm. Well, I would say my least favorite thing is that uh, they did set it up, like you said, very coherently. We got these brothers. This is what this is about. Things are going to go dark for them. They didn't have the story they wanted. Like, things don't really go dark except one of the brothers kills himself and they find out that their adoption had a plus one 
But that said, they bring up um, other twins that were part of the same, like, so to be clear, this adoption agency was collaborating with a, a psychologist to look at the effects of kids that are twins or whatever that get separated and how does that deal with them? How does that affect them? Separated at birth. Yeah. yeah separated Super at birth. intense. Right. So my least favorite thing is that they showed a couple other. They showed actually they only showed one other. These um, these sisters mm-hmm. that found each other, and they had also just like these boys had some things in common. But that's as far as they went. It was like they showed them twice with the same conversation, and then that was it. Yeah. My least favorite thing is that we know there were a ton of them, and I feel like before you would have. Before you should have made this documentary, you should have found all of them. Or maybe not even a ton, but they kept saying, like, we don't know how many. We know that there are more. They said six to eight. And then they said it in a bunch of different contexts, and it's just like, did they just not have time to do the research? Did they just want to get the film out? Like, it just felt like there were some unintentional, like, outcomes in the film that had more to do with what it takes to make a film than about what they really wanted to do with the film. That's a great point. Okay, so then what do you think? Did the study actually matter? So so we do this study on these triplets, on a bunch of twins. It starts in the early 60s. 61 was when they started, were born. Right? Yeah, 61. So does it, does it gets to the end. No studies ever published. They're upset about this in the movie. Does it matter? Like if the doctor who was running the study, who was going to take all the data and analyze it based on his own theories and assumptions if he's dead does it actually matter at all like they want the data which is cool and they even get the data right right big spoiler but yeah um does it matter i mean i think it does matter because i think that even though i mean clearly the data collected at that time some of it was very outdated there, there are going to be flaws in the data. There are going to be things that are connected to archaic principles of psychoanalysis. But you would need a guy. Well, you'd need... Well, that's the thing. Okay. That's the thing. Whatever. You'd need an individual you'd who's, need who's an expert in this area to analyze process. And and it's... Well, it, and it, I mean, we talked about it, I think, just as we were leaving the film. It's like, well, of course they buried all of the data until like all of these people are dead basically um because until that point no one's going to politically or culturally feel like they're allowed to get behind the fact that this survey was these this um research was ever conducted and then subsequently fund the amount it would no. take to process this volume of data i mean no, you've got right. like there's, 20 years of data there's a stigma to having done the study like, right yeah. in general yeah. so of course no one's going to give the money that it takes to do the proper processing even though it could potentially tell us enormous things about mental illness about our human bodies and how they process things because even though identical twins aren't exact duplicates they're mostly duplicates and they're more duplicates and they, it allows you to do a controlled study in a way you can't do another. Oh my places. god, I can't wait till we're actually fucking cloning people and we can actually take... <laughs> I mean, if I could make a carbon copy of you and torture you in a basement that doesn't affect you, <laughs> that... <laughs> or 
me. You know, make like eight right. of me, torture seven of them, and figure out what's really going on in my brain, because I don't know. But leave me alone. At least the me that's talking But it them. still wouldn't be you. We're, we're getting all Blade Runner here. We're talking clones. It would still be me. Come on. No. Clone me today with all my knowledge. No. Right. still wouldn't be you. Because of the nurture thing. Because of the nurture no, thing. No, like I want a duplicate of me and my brain today. You can't, you can't duplicate your brain today because you can't duplicate the way that you are. I raised. can because I have the technology to. Bloop. Hit the button. Bloop. All right. All right. Well, then finally, I want to ask. Um, oh. So one of the, I think it's an odd. She brings mm. up Nazi Germany. Do you yes. think that this entire thing that they did is something dark and evil? Something like the Nazis would have done? Or do you think it's plain old scientific research? I mean, the boys. Oh, aside gosh. from like, okay, there's the idea that they were separated. Right. And they said, well, we couldn't just say, hey, would anybody take three kids? And I kind of go with them on that. I mean, go back to 1961. You've got triplets dropped off by a mom that doesn't want them. Right. It's really hard to say, uh, would you like three kids I mean I think it's always tricky to look at the past from a contemporary perspective okay. because we weren't there right. so we don't know what it what we know what we read is common and we know what we think is common but we don't actually know what was generally accepted in a given context at we that time we weren't there okay so that's like it. and also like in terms of Nazi Germany they did a lot of I don't even know the good adjective. We're not to going use. full they did Nazi. Terrifying I'm human experiments I'm, I... because they. Well, the, I think, I think the thing is, is that the reason people are so horrified by some of the things that happened during that time period is because they were dehumanizing humans, and that the I think the gut reaction that you have when children are separated as birth is you dehumanize these children. You've made them so that they're not. They're they're. That their needs don't matter. And I think that the defense is like, well, we didn't understand that that was a need. We just wanted to see what would happen. And we felt like we could learn a lot by just seeing what would happen. And I guess there's, I mean, humans learn by trying things. Like, I don't know. I think about Abu Ghraib and I think about torture and how torture is still used in different parts of the world. There's a lot of things we still don't understand about our brains or our bodies or how we process things and the only way to learn about those things is to test them. But I also think it's fucked up to play with humans. Well, Lee and I were messing around the other day and I tied him to a chair and I poured water onto a towel above his mouth because he said he was thirsty. He called it waterboarding. I don't know. I called it fulfilling his, his need to have a drink. That's the He worst. did get a lot of water, and he's look at his skin's looking good. I don't know. I'm just saying. That said, okay, We've back to the actual turn. A Nazi, dark, dark turn. To the Nazi thing. Mm. Um, you said it, Jenna. Um, were they looking out for the kids? No. They were no. looking out for their own interests. Of they were just curious. doing a study yes. to see if fucking up a couple kids would be would do some shit. And they kind of, I mean, I think from what I've read and know about, like I think a lot of people in the fifties and sixties thought a kid that was given up was kind of disposable. Garbage. Sure. 
Okay, well, uh, finally, last question. Uh, what do you think was the actual point of this film? Do you think it was about nature and nurture? Was it to make us feel for the bros and think about the overall thing? I don't know. I feel like the filmmakers kind of went on a journey as they made it, and they didn't get a chance to step back from it enough to understand what the point was. Yeah. I think they probably were just fascinated by the story and and shocked by the story. I agree. There's a lot of like stuff they could have gone down different directions, and they just didn't. Yeah. Because they couldn't. Yeah. Yeah. It could. It would have been. I mean, they could have made it even more complex. If we don't know what happened to. to Eddie. We don't know what happened to the horrible adoption agency that was had such a wonderful the other reputation yeah. and if they found it okay to do that to twins what else could they have done because they clearly had a massive amount of power during a very long period of time so I've actually read a quote from the adoption agency online mm-hmm. and it said I would do anything for love but I won't do that I don't know why they said that there was this big fat guy <laughs> and he was wearing like a I don't know. He looked like he was in Beauty and the Beast. I don't know what it was. Anyway. He looked like he was in Beauty and the Beast. He said he Did he also look like he tasted good with ketchup? Yeah. You and know, mashed potatoes? You know the guy? I do. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I definitely wanted to taste it with mashed potatoes and ketchup. <laughs> ketchup only if I lived in Kentucky. I mean, for me, I would like to taste him with, like, Worcestershire. Really? No, not really. Okay. I was just trying to differentiate myself from the South. <laughs> well, thank you, Jenna. Welcome, as always. Until next time. <laughs>